I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. After the apocalypse, a pandemic survival story, season four, episode six, Hive Mind. The old man was eager to talk to his son, Paul. Dr. Panagiorgio had confined the old man to his recovery room at the campus, but the old man was feeling better and chafing at the restrictions. Since his conversation with Jen, he felt motivated he felt some of the old fire in his belly. He felt an urgency to get back to the business of living. He had started working short walks into his routine. These outings weren't enough to quiet his demons like a long run would, but it was progress. His arm and shoulder were sore and would be immobilized for a few more weeks. But his mind was sharp, and he was anxious to get to work on figuring out the virus. He had lost the first half of his life living for himself and his own ego. In the prime of his career, the medical profession threw him out. He lost everything. He became a recluse and spent the last years living a sort of anonymous exile with stints in third world practices and bumming around with his ultra-running companions. And since the virus hit, he had been tossed about by events like a small boat in a raging ocean trying to decide if life was even worth living anymore. Not much of a resume to carry into the afterlife. But now he had found his son and future grandchild, and he had a chance to remedy it all and do something with what was left to give back to make it right for his family. Since a conversation with Jen, his mind had been roiling with questions and ideas and energy. He really needed to get out of this sick room and get started looking for potential solutions, medical solutions. He didn't want to use the word cure, but he was sure someone would. They would label it cure because that was the easy thing to do, but he knew there would be nothing easy in the process. 
There were many ways to fight diseases like this. The solution wouldn't be one magic pill. Frankly, it was more than one doctor alone could hope to solve. He'd need better resources and a bigger team. It would be a series of approaches and advances, and finally, maybe, if luck was on their side, breakthroughs. The hard work of research and experimentation. But nothing was impossible, and he had to try. He knew there would be more dead ends than miracles, but nothing would ever be solved by waiting or hoping. The sooner he got started, the better. Paul entered the room looking gloomy and distracted. The old man sat in a chair, reading in the sunlight from the window with a dog at his feet. Bill lifted his head and assessed the visitor with curious eyes and thumped the carpet with his tail. Jen said you wanted to see me, Paul said to the old man. She said you two had spoken. Come on, help me up. Let's go for a walk, the old man replied. We can walk and talk. I need the exercise. So does a dog. Sure, Paul said, distracted. I've got some time. The manicured pathways of the campus wound through shade trees and green but overgrown grass. No one had the time or priority for mowing or landscaping in the apocalypse. They walked past beautiful brick buildings with faux Corinthian columns and on past a placid pond. Fish dimpled circles on the still surface, pecking at the August hatch of little yellow stoneflies. I'm glad to see you, the old man began. I've got a lot of questions. Let's start with the elephant in the room. I had a long, tearful conversation with your girlfriend. When were you going to tell me? Paul rubbed his eyes. He looked tired. When he spoke, it had a confessional air. Honestly, I was taken a bit by surprise, too. Apparently, birth control is another victim of the apocalypse. He smiled sheepishly at his own lame joke. He caught himself and took on a more indignant tone. It's not like we're teenagers sneaking off. We're both adults, and we'll manage it. The old man stopped him. Frankly, it's none of my business. Congratulations are in order. It's the apocalypse. I'm happy for you. With all the death, I'm happy that you're bringing life. Paul smiled briefly and looked out over the pond. His features swirled with dark memories. You weren't there. You don't know what it was like. When the virus hit, everything was chaos. Everyone in charge was dead or dying. No one knew what was happening. We had to fend for ourselves. I realized that I needed to be a leader, 
and I did it. I organized the students to care for the sick and clean up the dead. We saved a lot of people. Those we couldn't save, we disposed of. We dragged the dead out and got rid of them, threw them on the piles, at first for basic hygiene and to give the survivors something useful to do. But then piling up the dead became a ritual, like we were piling up the old world and transitioning to the new. It was a symbolic act. It was an act of cleansing, an act of transformation. We were able to gain a purpose, a common purpose, and a way to keep going. Paul brightened, looking into his father's eyes. And Jen was a big part of that. We helped each other get through. We leaned on each other. I get that, the old man said after a moment. But I'm worried. We have no idea how this virus works. We don't know how it will impact the next generation. We don't know what it will do to your baby. You don't understand what could happen. I do understand, Paul shot back. But what would you have me do? I'm already working for a better future for everyone that survives. I don't know what else to do. At some point, at some point, all we can do is hope. Hope for the best. No, the old man stated emphatically. We are not just going to see what happens. This is my grandchild. I'm a doctor. I have some research experience. You need to help me find some answers for the good of this child, for the good of future children, for the good of everyone. This, this is how I can help, how I can make a difference. The two intense men walked slowly, shoulder to shoulder, deep resonating silence. The moment hung between them like a shared cloud of energy, Paul broke the silence. Okay, I understand. I'll do what I can to support your search for the cure. What do you need? The old man closed his eyes and, for a fraction of a moment, and felt a wave of relief. The scowl on his face brightened to a hint of a smile. He regained his composure and replied, I'll need a functioning research facility with assistance, and I want to talk to those government people, see what they know. Someone must have started working on this already. There's got to be existing data. I want to get started right away. If I'm going to save the life of your child, my grandchild, time is of the essence. I'll send Mac over. Tell him everything you need. I'll have him make it a priority. Paul said. As for the government people, last I heard they were meeting with Mags's crew at the distribution center. I don't know if they're going to come visit us too, but if they do, I'll create the opportunity for you to make your ask. Paul continued. You'd best not to put me on the critical path of your project. I'm tied up with problems at the computer lab right now. Right, your AI thingy, the old man replied. How's that going? Not great, Paul shook his head. Max is failing to give us any usable answers. Max? Yeah, Max. It's an acronym, an abbreviation for Meaningful Aberration Externalization. That's what DARPA called the project grant. In layman's term, we came up with unique solutions, solutions that the regular decision process would never find.
And Max has a problem? The old man asked. Maybe I can help. Give you another perspective. The problem? Paul laughed darkly. Is that it doesn't work? What do you mean, doesn't work? The old man asked. I'm not sure I know how to explain it, Paul said. The old man gave him an insulted look. What do you know about artificial intelligence? I know what it is. We worked with some of the early science in our labs in the 90s. Okay, let me start at the beginning and give you the context. Three years ago, before the pandemic, I... We got a DARPA grant to apply AI, specifically machine learning algorithms, to the challenge of regime building. They funded, and we built the data center here at the campus, the computers, the power systems, the whole nine yards, and I was on the lead team as part of my doctorate. Regime building by computer? The old man asked doubtfully. Yeah, we suck up billions and billions of data points and look for patterns. That's the input to the model. Then the machine calculates which patterns create which results. We use those patterns in reverse, start with the results we want, and have the machine tell us how to get there, like a cookbook for different desired end states. No pun intended. The old man considered this and said, That's an interesting academic problem, but what's it have to do with the apocalypse? The initial research was directed at regime building, Paul said, warming to his topic. Let's say we take over a failed nation. It's relatively easy to take control, but then what? You can't do old-school colonization, and you don't want a slow-burn insurgency disaster like Afghanistan or Iraq. How do you create a functioning state? Appoint a puppet regime? Hold an election? What do you focus on first? Education systems? Economic improvement? Democratic empowerment? All that sounds reasonable and good on paper, but historically hasn't worked, right? So instead, we give the machine model the end state we're looking for and have it tell us what to do and in what order to get the desired end result. Like I said, interesting intellectual exercise, the old man said. But you don't expect it to actually work, do you? Have you used this model somewhere in real life? No, no, replied Paul. It was a purely academic project, but here's the thing, he continued. We built the model, and we designed the learning algorithms, and we fed Max documentation and data from all of human history, from Genghis Khan to the French Revolution to the Great Depression, all of it. We were testing it when the virus hit. So now you want to use it to design a new future for humanity? Exactly, and it is purpose built for that. Paul became decidedly less enthusiastic, but it isn't working. Of course not. You can't quantify humans. They are irrational, the old man said. You'd be surprised, Paul disagreed. If you look at enough data, there are patterns. Yes, individual humans are irrational, but groups of people act in predictable ways. The irrationality comes out in the wash. The real problem we're having is that when we run the model, we can't get a stable output. 
Sometimes it fails in days, sometimes years, but it always collapses at some point. What are you trying to accomplish? We are trying to get the future we want. But we can't get there because the model won't stabilize. So, let me understand this. And I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. You think you can program the future? Why not? After everyone died, I realized we had an opportunity to design something different, something new, and we had the perfect tool in Max to do it. You can't program the future, the old man said. The future is what happens when you're trying to figure out what to do. It's inscrutable. Trust me, I've lived long enough to know this. Well, I think we can. Paul retorted. And why not? My generation has been given an opportunity to do something monumental, and we have the advantage of starting with this purpose-built tool. Why not a future of peace, stability, and sustainability for the whole world and the whole human race? Why not a future where everyone works for the benefit of everyone else? where we refocus all the energy of nationalism and war into learning and science and growth as a species. Sounds a bit like communism, Paul. Say what you will, Paul countered. It doesn't matter anyhow. Everything we've tried collapses into anarchy and eventually authoritarianism. Either that or we degenerate backwards into something akin to the Dark Ages. No matter what we do, the model eventually reverts to the same old patterns of war, disease, and death, and dictatorship. We can't break the cycle. Welcome to the real world, son. Everything is predictable until humans get involved. They walked in silence for a few minutes, each lost in their own thoughts and problems. Finally, the old man spoke up. I'll tell you one thing. Humans weren't meant to live peaceful, stable lives. We need something to challenge us. Challenges bring out the best in us as individuals and collectively as a species. The bigger the challenge, the better. The old man could see Paul thinking. And after a few moments, Paul said, You may have something there. Maybe stability isn't the goal. Maybe continuous sustained striving is the true objective. Maybe there isn't an end point, only a process of getting there. The old man, pleased that he had added value, continued. The other thing you should think about is shared belief. Humans can accomplish unbelievable things if they have a shared belief. Think cathedrals, pyramids, the giant stone Moai statues of Easter Island, and putting a man on the moon. That's why nationalism works. It's a shared belief. Gets all the arrows pointed in the same direction. A common purpose forces humans to think beyond themselves. That's interesting. Paul agreed. The old man observed that a cloud had passed, and the afternoon sun now lit the path in front of them. Paul's eyes brightened, and he transformed from a worn-down administrator to the motivated inventor and creator that used to pull all-nighters in the lab. He looked like a man with fresh ideas and the driving need to test them.
the crack of gunfire and screams, shatter the peace of their conversation like a bolt of lightning on a cloudless day. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, my survivor friends. We are here at season four, episode six, for those future travelers of the abyss who are busily binging through the seasons and episodes. You have found us at the end of October 2023. Happy Halloween. The weather is getting crisp in the mornings here in New England at the Apocalypse HQ. Looking out my window this morning, I can see the red and orange maple leaves falling gently to the ground. When I let Ollie the Collie out for his morning run and ablutions... I can hear the leaves falling. It's a sound almost like a rain shower, except with a dry whisper. And this week, I have three topics to cover with you. The first is an experiment in, I guess you would say, referral. I had a call with Nicholas Sansbury Smith uh, last week to pick his brain about the best path for me to publish the book versions of the After the Apocalypse. I suspect many of you already know Nick's work. He's one of the few successful independent writers in the apocalypse genre. And I've been reading his work for many years, many years. And our paths intersected a couple of years ago when I interviewed him about his Ironman triathlon experience. But... Uh, Nick used to have a real job. He used to work for the state, but he started writing in his spare time an alien invasion series called Orbs that kind of sort of went viral in the early days of Kindle publishing. And based on that success of Orbs, Nick quit his day job and took up writing full time. And I'm guessing many of you will be familiar with Nick's subsequent series, Helldivers, which amusingly was supposed to be a trilogy at the time, but is now up to his ninth book, I believe, in the series, with a bunch of additional companion content. 
So Nick's style fit and fits very well with the the ebook format, that Kindle format when it emerged. Short chapters, strong characters, and very action and story driven. So the perfect thing for reading on your iPhone, in the train, on your daily commute. Here's our experiment. I'm going to put an Amazon affiliate link to, well, anything on Amazon, but in this case, Helldivers or any other Nick work you want to go buy. I'm going to put that here. And if you use it, follow it, buy the book on Kindle, I get some fraction of a penny, which, as my older brother says, is better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. But more importantly, I'll see how many people used it and I'll have an idea of the reach. So that Amazon affiliate link, which I just made up, the word runic, R-U-N-I-C, zero, zero, hyphen, two, zero. So runic, zero, zero, hyphen, two, zero. And I'm frankly curious to see if anybody listens to these outros and curious to see if I can create any noticeable impact with this uh with this so that's why i'm doing it even if you don't feel like buying helldivers or you've already read it go over to nick's website and send him a note that you like his work and that i sent him i sent you there so go ahead and do that for me so i can get a sense of who i'm talking to here all right next next topic i watch the 2022 jordan peele movie nope which wikipedia describes as a neo-western science fiction horror film. Now, when this film first came out, it got a ton of press. But the press wasn't really focused on the film itself. The press was all about social and cultural issues, and when they did talk about the movie itself, they billed it as a horror movie. You know, sort of your classic jump-scare movie. And unfortunately, I think that may have turned people away from it. I know it diluted my interest. But I finally got around to watching it on cable, and it is a fantastic film. I'm, I'm not kidding. It has so many layers to it. It's one of those movies, and this is the mark of a good movie for me. The mark of a good movie for me is when three days later I'm thinking about it, and, and, I, and I realize, oh yeah, that's what that was. And uh, it keeps coming back around. And there's there's very few movies that do that, right? And this is one of those. It has a lot of layers to it. Uh, it's hard for me to go into detail without spoilers, but you need to watch it in a way that you won't be distracted because it's full of subtle clues and themes that don't become clear until you think through it a couple days later. The acting is awesome. It was great to see Steven Yun. Glenn from The Walking Dead. And the mashup of genres makes for some, some great cinematography. It's a beautiful film. With a lot going on, I recommend it. And finally, final topic. I have been plowing through a podcast called Our Fair City. And it's a fun audio drama set in a post-apocalyptic world where the remainder of the human race is in a bunker or bunker-like towers managed by a sort of semi-evil insurance company overlord corporation. Now, there are eight seasons, and I'm currently in season three. 
It's got some good voice acting and some funny, fun storylines. It's basically Welcome to Night Vale with more of a sense of humor. And I like the writing. The the comedic writing especially is good. It's got a good beat to it. Uh, It's not going to change your life, but it's entertaining. So if you're looking for some entertainment, go out and check out Our Fair City. All the links to everything I talk about are in the show notes, and we will post this outro as a blog on our website at oldmanapocalypse.com. And then as the show drops, I'll also post it to the Facebook group where we have 423 members. If you want to come over and commune with us, we're running at about 17,500 listens per month and 400. 32,653 total downloads as of this morning. But that's not why we do it. We do it because we love doing it. Thank you for your ears and your time. I appreciate it. And don't forget to buy something from Nick on Amazon using that affiliate code. I hear his audiobooks are very well done. I haven't listened to one, but I hear they're really well done. Runic 20 Keep your fingers and toes inside the vehicle, hang in there, and, as always, keep surviving. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.